Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sterling's Business Success and Coffee Podcast, kindly sponsored and supported by Sterling's group coaching programs and Fix This Next. This free online business assessment tool enables you to pinpoint your business's vital need. Keep listening for top business tips and advice to help you level up and scale up. Here's your host, Simon Meadows. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode of the Business Success and Coffee podcast. Today, I'm joined by Stephen, who I've already had a little bit of a pre-podcast chat with. So I know, listeners, that this is going to be a great episode. You're going to take some amazing value from this. Because in 2020, Stephen left the corporate world to pursue his calling, his passion. And Stephen and his wife have built two seven-figure e-commerce businesses, which led them to coaching others in business. But today, they use the skills that they learned in both of their businesses to run a done-for-you virtual events company called Holoco. Whether it's a coach, thought leader, author, PR agency, anything else, virtual events have helped business owners exponentially increase their reach and generate more impact. And I know, listeners, I've taken part in a few virtual events, a few challenges, uh, and Steve and I talked about this when we spoke before, and I know, listeners, you have too. So I'm really looking forward to speaking to Stephen and finding more about his journey, and, and glad to have you on today's podcast, Stephen. Well, Simon, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to, to talk about anything and everything, and we'll just see where the conversation goes, because... The as we spoke about before the show was I just want to be as authentic as possible, share the good, the bad, and the ugly because that's at the benefit of the listener. Yeah, yeah, and and we were talking about what we drink as well. But I've got to ask a question that I've just really thought of as I've sat here looking at you on camera. What's with the lion that's behind you? Is 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 has that got something special? Is it does it symbolize something or? Is it just something you're interested in? Because listeners, for those who are listening on Audible uh, and audio, there is a huge head of a lion on the wall that's behind. But it looks a little bit abstract as well, because I don't think it's quite a lion. It looks like it's got other things. So I'm interested to find out a little bit more about that before we start talking about what you're drinking today. Yes. So the lion is symbolic for me. And not necessarily in the sense that most people would think it's like, well, I'm a lion in business. It's, that's mm. not necessarily why it's there. The, the reason why it's there, I had an experience and with that experience, it happened a few months ago where this person that I've looked up to for the past few years, I was at a conference, they were on the stage and they called me out from the stage. They didn't know me. I didn't know them. They called me out from the stage in front of 4,000 people and they said, you're going to be a voice like a lion to this generation. And he said, I've, I'm not saying this to anyone else. He didn't stop the conference for anyone else. He said, but I stopped this conference to speak directly to you and wow. tell you that you're going to be a voice like a lion to this generation. So hence the lion. Oh, gee, I knew there'd be a good story behind that. So, uh, yeah. And to get picked out like that, I mean, how uncanny? I mean, that must have felt very, very uh, sort of goosebump and tingling to, to, you know, to have that pulling out in front of all those people as well. It, it was the, the wildest experience that I've probably had up until this date. And the reason why I say that is it wasn't something that I expected. It wasn't something that I went into wanting. I went in wanting to, to hear more information to, to better my life. And as I'm standing there, I just hear, I hear him call me out and he just says, Hey, 
my brother with a green hat on. And <laughs> immediately I knew it's like, he's talking to me. And I opened my eyes and he's looking directly at me and he said, yeah, you. And I said, yeah, that's me. And then that's when he goes into speaking over me and he tells me, you're going to be a voice like a lion to this generation. And he said, I'm not stopping this conference for anyone else. I'm stopping this conference to speak directly to you. And in front of 4,000 people was wild. It wasn't yeah. as if I was a part of the, the special VIP club where I'd met him backstage <laughs> and I said, hey, I will pay you if you call me out in front of all these people. That didn't happen. And yeah. I and, and, and this is how I, I think of even in business is so often we'll think about right place, right time. But it wasn't right place, right time. It was just I was there. So that may have been the right place. But it was this person's thought process and saying there's something different about him. There's something that I feel he's supposed to do. He's supposed to encapsulate. This is what I'm feeling. Let me call him out. Because in a practical sense is this person has a platform with two million people that follow him. That's a huge thing to say that this random dude that you <laughs> never met is going to be a voice like a lion to this generation because you're putting he's putting his stamp of approval on me without knowing me. And yeah. that's and that's been one of those cornerstone things. I, I even have it as the wallpaper on my phone because yeah. I when I forget who I am, I look at the picture behind me or I'll look at my phone and it reminds me this is who I am called to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and yeah. what an exposure as well to that many people and that many followers. So, uh, yeah. And what a story to best tell to the listeners. So that's great. So let's get back to the what might be relatively boring compared to that. Uh, and I'm going to ask that first <laughs> now. But what what do you what do you drink every day? Tell us a little bit about the the drink that you're going to mention today. So every single day during the week, I drink pre workout, and I drink that to when it, right before I go to the gym. I drink pre workout. It gets me in the right state of mind. It helps me maybe do an extra rep on the bench press, whatever it may be. That's the thing that's always in my cup. And and for for many people listening to this, and me included, you know, I understand you know that when you've been to the gym, you usually have a protein shake, or you know, there'll be something yep. to replace what you have. But I've never come across a pre-workout drink. So just for the benefit of the listeners, just tell us a little bit more of of how it helps you and what's in what what ingredients are in there. So ingredients, I don't know, and I probably should, but yep. with the actual. With the actual drink, what it does is it it typically it gives you, depending on which one you have, it either gives you more energy or it helps your metabolism burn faster, which in turn gives you more energy. And what it what it does best is, especially for me, is it, I go to the gym pretty early in the morning. I'm pretty lackluster in my energy. So being able to get my energy up before I step into the gym and I start picking weights up, because if I've seen it in the past when I go in, and I pick up weights with low energy. I'm not going to do near as much weight. I'm not going to push myself yeah. as hard. So a pre-workout is a drink. And you just have to find the right ones. There's ones that are cheaper, but they'll have a lot of a ton of caffeine. And when they have a ton of caffeine, you're going to crash. Yeah. So with the one that I take, it has just a lot of B vitamins. So you're still getting that, that same kind of energy, but you're not going to have the crash. And it just helps you have more mental clarity, more focus, which is great for the gym and is great throughout the day. Yeah. And and trying to tie that into the, the the virtual events because you know very often you know we chatted when we first met uh, about the Facebook challenge that I went on with Tony Robbins and it was over a set number of days yep. and very often when we are in business and we're going into a meeting or when we're going into an event when we're going to a conference um, 
we don't think about what we should drink before we go in. Sometimes we might take a, a bottle of water um, or a flask of something for our hydration during the event, but we d perhaps don't look at what we can do to lift us up and give us what we need to actually kick off the event because it's quite important, isn't it? Otherwise you get disappointed uh, with that initial reaction to the event very quickly. Is that something that you recommend people do? Is there any other preparation that people can do that perhaps are listening to this that are going to be taking part in an event where they perhaps want some tips of how to get ready for the event? So that is a big one is mm. find a drink that works for you. A lot of people will do coffee. For me, I typically don't like coffee because it's a de it's a dehydrant. So as you are, let's say that you start your day with coffee, you're going to have to keep keep drinking it to keep you in that same state of mind. And you're going to have to use the bathroom a lot, like just being yeah. practical. You'll have to go to the bathroom. And so with a pre-workout, if you get the right one, it's not going to force you to, to have the same withdrawals is you're not going to have to drink it multiple times throughout the day. And it's made to actually keep water in you instead of be a dehydrant. So you're going to be able to avoid oh, okay. the bathroom breaks and you're going to have more mental clarity, more focus. You'll be able to go further faster. And then on another practical step is something that I noticed because I growing up sports was huge in my life. I played sports at a high level is when you play sports, most people think of, I just had to drink water or Gatorade in the middle of the game. But if you're doing that, you're already dehydrated. You're actually already behind. So this there's this thing called prehydration, which is actually hydrating the day before for the event going to happen the next day. So practically is if you drink water the night before, the day before and get hydrated, you're going to have better performance the next day. So oh, going into an event, especially a longer term event, prehydrate. It's going to make yeah. your life much easier the next day. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and I think you know, it is really important for us, not just in sports and in life, but in our businesses, when we have major yep. events and meetings that we're going into, we should go in there. Because like you say, I don't know how many times I've been in very, very important meetings with senior executives, and they've been in there 10 minutes to a two-hour meeting, and they say, I need to go and use the bathroom. <laughs> and you think this this person is either old with a weak bladder, or they just yeah have messed it up, and they've just not prepared ready for the meeting and usually it's for latter you think oh, how how inconsiderate is that you know we're just getting started and you're already going out to use the yeah. bathroom uh, so yeah definitely agree with that so i mentioned in your introduction the the move from building two seven-figure e-commerce businesses into the done for you virtual events what was the backstory behind that move that you and your wife made from that e-commerce business platform into the virtual events so with the the e-commerce the story even getting there is wild and when 2020 as as you stated earlier mm -hmm. i quit that corporate job went into business with my wife we already had an amazon business that the year before in 2019 had done a million dollars in gross revenue but our net profit was only 10 percent so hundred thousand dollars then we had a partner so you had to split it two ways so i made more mm -hmm. working a corporate job than having this Amazon business with 19,000 transactions and six employees. So with that understanding, when I exited my corporate job, my specialty in corporate America was managing, so managerial supply chain. So that works out really well for e-commerce. So I was good at building teams. I was good at, at controlling the supply chain. So when I came into 
the business, that was my role. I was going to increase the margins. And within two months of that time period in Amazon, Amazon actually shut us down. So June, I quit the job. August, they shut us down. For those of you listening, and maybe you haven't dealt with Amazon in the past, when Amazon shuts you down, they hold all of your money forever. They don't give it to you after a set number of days after the return window closes. They never give you that money back unless you can hire their version of a law team to come and fight on their behalf, come and fight on your behalf. Mm. And when you do that, so you have to pay them an exorbitant cost to get the money back. Crazy. So they were holding $60,000 of our money, which was yeah. a lot. That's, that's no small amount for anybody, no? That's no small amount. And we were about two months away from losing everything. We didn't have the finances to sustain to more than two months. And during this time period, we're trying everything. We have a garage full of inventory. So we're trying to liquidate it. We're trying to do different business models. Nothing seemed to work. And what ended up happening was my wife was on Facebook one day of all places and goes to Facebook marketplace and just sees how a product is posted, how it's listed. And she says, Steven, I think this is something that we did on Amazon. Do you want to try it? And I said, sure, what do we have to lose? And this is where skill sets meet opportunity because we already had the skill sets from e-commerce on Amazon, but it met the opportunity of Facebook Marketplace at this time had just launched shipping. Yeah. So now you can go on Facebook Marketplace and you can, you can buy something from halfway across the country and have it shipped to you. But back then, so in 2020, that had just launched. So when we came onto the platform with the skill sets we already had and the inventory, it just blew up. And when it blew up within the first month of doing it, we had enough to pay the bills. By the end of 2020, we helped 33 underprivileged kids have Christmas. In six months, we were doing $100,000 a month, more than I ever made working in corporate. <laughs> By the end of 2021, made another million dollars, but with 30% margins, that's a lot better. And we were able to help 137 underprivileged kids have Christmas, either through raising or donating about $40,000, $50,000, going and finding them in the school system or in the backwoods of Tennessee, buying all the gifts, wrapping all the gifts and delivering them all. And that was the phase where we truly began running virtual events for ourselves. We started with mastermind where we were doing a, a virtual event with masterminds. Then we were doing challenges. As we mentioned earlier, we started running challenges for ourselves and we loved them because nobody knew who we were. Most people still don't know who we are, but the beauty of a challenge is you don't have to have a big audience to make them successful. And that's what we loved about it was we were able to get people in. They were interested in what we had to say and they were interested in what we had to sell on the back end because they grew that no like and trust over time. Yeah. So in March of 2022, so almost a year ago to the date, we made that pivot over into done for you virtual events because not only did we love virtual events and helping it helped us be more fulfilled in our everyday tasks, yeah. but also it was the understanding that this is something that is helping more people and the margins are a lot better. It's not as e-commerce is e-commerce. We, I think with in 2021, when we closed out the year, we did close to, I think it was cl over 20,000 transactions to be able to equivalent to a million. Yeah. And when you think of that is that's a lot, that's a lot yeah, of moving pieces. That's that a lot of different customers. That's a lot of headache. And would you sit there and you say, Steven, but that's a lot of money. Yes. Mm. And we loved it and hated it all at the same time Yeah, yeah. because there was no fulfillment in selling somebody a $20 pillow 
and making $4 on it. There was no fulfillment there. There was fulfillment in helping those kids, as you may have heard a minute ago, but the fulfillment of our everyday task of sitting there and having to deal with Kathy, who she says that her package didn't get delivered. And then I send her a picture from the actual person that delivered it. And I say, Hey, it's right here on your front door. And then she claims that I'm stalking her when I'm in six States away. <laughs> That's th those experiences make you sit there and ask yourself questions like, why are we here? Yeah. Is yeah. this actually something that I want to do long term? And the answer to that question was no. So that's why done for you virtual events, the fulfillment piece of helping more people help more people and doing it in a sustainable way where margins are better doing it in a sustainable way where we're helping people grow their know, like, and trust and add a lot of value to who they believe are their potential clients. Yeah. And, and I'm sure listeners, you're doing the same, you know, there's, there were lots of wows in there and it's also so great to hear that you gave something back because, you know, very often when I talk to people who set up these kind of businesses, there's a lot of take and there's not a lot of give. So, you know, helping underprivileged kids get meals and Christmases, you know, is, is a big, big thing. So, you know, um, I congratulate you on that and for the ethics of that as well. So well, well done. You, you mentioned, um, in your introduction as well, uh, that virtual events, whether it's a coach, thought leader, author, PR agency. And I think we all see uh, and take part in perhaps some of the bigger events that we see the bigger celebrity type people, like you say, the thought leaders, uh, the Russell Brunsons of the world, the Dean Graziosi's, yep. those kind of people. Um, and a lot of people in the health industries as, as well. But most people will feel that a challenge for running a challenge isn't it for them? And as you were talking, then you mentioned uh, about the fact that you know you did it for your business, and now you help other people do it for theirs. Has that availability to everybody been a shift that's happened recently, or is that something that you feel has been there all the way through, and we just haven't heard about it, or we just haven't realised that a challenge could be for us? Because most of us will be thinking, "Yeah, this is for other people. This is this is not going to help me." So I think that to answer that question, if we look back over time, one of the biggest events, as we may per se, is webinars. Everyone for the past decade has, you will see people say, hey, go run a webinar. A webinar is just a tiny virtual event. And the thing is, is webinars are not, they're typically not live. So yes, you can make that more evergreen. It runs all the time, but it's also a much bigger ask of somebody to sit there and have them just watch something that, doesn't typically relate directly to them. That's why in a really practical sense, analytically, the conversion rates on webinars are terrible. Mm -hmm. And you have to spend tons of ads, you have to spend a ton of ad spend to get them to this landing page, to hopefully get them to opt in, to hopefully get them to watch a webinar for an hour, to hopefully buy something. But there's not a catered to aspect of a, a webinar. And that's where most people have heard that strategy and they think, how do I do that? But why would you want to do that when you could just speak to people through a challenge? A challenge is just a little bit longer webinar. And realistically, what it is, is you're able to interact. I could sit there and say, hey, Simon, thank you so much for showing up for day two. What did you get from day one? And maybe you're not able to unmute, but I can see you. So the same way that yeah. Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi did it, I can see you and you, you put it in the chat. This is what I got from day one. I learned how to better my business in X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And then it's live. Now, all of a sudden, you know and like me a little bit more 
and you trust me just a little bit more because I acknowledge your existence. A webinar is not going to do that. And that's what, and especially most, this is the biggest misconception I've heard from people. And it was one that I had too, when I first started doing challenges was that you had to have a following. If people don't know you, they're not going to join. Yeah, that's not true. If you go and you look into me right now on Instagram, I have 1600 followers. That's not a lot. Active followers are probably like 20. <laughs> and yeah. when you when you sit there and you think of that, it's like, how did you get 100 people into an event? Well, you can do that in a plethora of ways. You can do that organically. You don't just have to do it the way we did it, which was through ads. But if you structure it in the right way with your ads and you say, hey, are you this person that's dealing with this problem? This is how we offer the solution for free. Come and join this event three to five days. And when they show up to the event, you're just adding a ton of value. You sit there and you see Linda come into the event. You're asking her, how are you? When she goes live, you're responding to her and saying, hey, I see that you did this. You did X, Y, and Z. That's amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. So you're nurturing them in this process. And that's the big misconception around challenges is that you have to have a following. It's not necessarily the bigger the following, the easier it is. Of yeah. course. But if you don't have one, it's still wildly successful because you're getting to know, like, and trust people. They get to know, like, and trust you, but you're loving on people in such a way that they, they go, if maybe I don't have the money right now, but I have the next steps for my business. So I'm going to apply those Then I'm going to come back and I remember this is the person that helped me. Yeah. So that's my thought process on a challenge. Yeah. And, that, and that's good to hear. And I, I, you know, an alarm bell rang, uh, as you were talking there of, three to five days of a challenge and i know you know the alarm bell in my head probably is ringing in the listeners heads as well because when we hear that you know a 90 minute webinar yeah i've got to do a bit of preparation some slides you know i've got a zoom link to create and the landing page perhaps but it, it feels one it feels normal um and because we've done it for so long but also when you mentioned a three to five day challenge suddenly this alarm bell rang of, wow, overwhelmed. This sounds like a lot of work. And what I was pleased when I read your introduction and when we were first introduced as well is that it's done for you, virtual events, isn't it? Because yes. you know, that's that's the key thing, isn't it? You know, There is work to be done, but actually a company like yours takes that work off of my shoulders, want to make it more successful but to also do some of that heavy lifting that perhaps would scare me away in the first place is am, am i understanding that right that that done for you yep sort of caters for that because that would be a worry Absolutely. for me and i'm sure it's a worry for the listeners as well when they think about challenges because we see it from the end, other end when we take part in a challenge it looks like a lot of work from the people that are participating mm -hmm. as well yes and that's one of those aspects when we created this we already knew people that were helping people do virtual events, but they were not help. They were just done with you. And to me, that underserves pretty much everyone in the virtual event space, unless you have a team. Yeah. So if you there, there's a lady that I know that she charges 12 grand to just consult you on running a virtual event. I don't know about you, but if I was going to spend 12 grand on somebody to just talk to me about it, I could go find somebody and spend 12 grand for them to do it for me. I could hire out the team. I could go go to Fiverr and hire people to build me the landing pages. I could go to, I could go find somebody to to. I could probably stay on Fiverr and find, or just look at companies to sit there and help me run my ads, yeah. and piece it out to make it to twelve grand. But you're not going to have it all under one umbrella, and that was what when we stepped into the space. A lot of our clients that we have, they want the done for you side. 
because even as this podcast, I didn't have to set anything up. Like I didn't yeah. have to, only thing I had to do was just click a link and I got to show up. And that's what we actively strive to do for our clients is all you have to do is just show up and present because that's enough. You have to come up with, you have to get ready. Even as we spoke beforehand, there's some people who have to have, have some, some liquid courage to be able to <laughs> move forward in their lives and to be able to actually present. But just imagine if that same person had to go and construct all their ads and run their ads and build out their landing pages and still present and still take care of all the people that come in there. That's a big ask. Yeah. So being able to to handle everything else from a tech perspective where that person can just show up, be authentically them and help people, that's where we come in. Yeah. So what kind of difference has this made to you, your wife and your business in moving over to this done for you virtual event saying, you know, how has that been as an experience for me? You told us about the shift from corporate to e-commerce, which is an incredible story. Yep. I'm still going wow inside my head with that, uh, particularly with the Amazon thing, shutting, shutting you down. But what, what has it been like since you've been doing the done for you virtual events? It's been, so the biggest shift has in a obvious sense is with e-commerce, I didn't have to talk to anybody. That one, I could just press buttons and be behind a screen and no one ever had to had to speak to me. I didn't have to speak to them. And shifting over into this is much more about me, much more about speaking to people. And the greatest thing that I found about it is the same way that we strive to have it in our company where we are handling everything for these people and loving on them so they can just show up and love on people is that's how I actively have been able to show up on calls and with interactions with people. And that that shift is just as fulfilling as getting a sale. Yeah. Because uh, that's because for me, when I look at the, the overall view of the world right now, in America, we are scared, you got mass shootings, you've got the Silicon Valley Bank just closed. You have another bank that's on the verge. It's yeah. all these things are happening and we see it in the news and around the world. You've got the war in Ukraine. You have these things going on and that's all that's ever put in front of us. And but there's so much more. So if people are scared, what's the best way to interact with them is to show up, love them and add value. So being able to be that person has not only greatly benefited. I, I, it's it's has it helped our business? Yes. But it's also I've been able to see people not ever do business with me and go and make a bigger impact on the people that they care about. And that's what matters to me Yeah, is if I just look at people and I label them as, hey, they could be X amount of money. I'm going to miss out on the opportunity of helping them become the best version of themselves to go and make the impact that they're called to make because I care more about making a few bucks. And that's not the person I want to be because I will I will never be able to make the impact that I want to make if I just focus on how much money can I get out of this person. And on a logical perspective, most people, even as Tony Robbins, we talked about Tony Robbins. He talked about an experience where he he was actively around bankers, just caring for bankers, adding value. And I think it was three to five years later, he gets a phone call. They tell him to drop everything and fly to New York. He shows up in New York City. He had an event going, so he had to have somebody else speak for him. He shows up in New York City. He pins his name, and it, it's a deal that makes him $400 million. So if you think about that, if he would have said, oh, these bankers, they need to come to my events, yeah. his, his most expensive event is ten to 15000 If there was eight of them, that would be 100000 He would have missed out on $399 million if he would have just had a transactional number on each person. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I, and I think, you know, what I love about what you said there, Stephen, as well, and I'm sure the listeners pick up on this, is that if you want to have an impact on other people, when you're doing it in a transactional way that you've just said there, you only have an impact on one person. When mm. you have a, a loving impact on people and help them through a transaction or without a transaction, that impact goes beyond them because they will tell other people, they will share what they've learned, whether they've purchased from you or not. And the impact that you can have as an individual, Stephen, I can see now why he says being a voice like a lion, because then that roar goes beyond the person that's just stood in front of you, doesn't it? It goes so much further. So, uh, yeah, I love that. And, and so much to talk about. You know, Holoco is the name of the business. Tell the listeners where we can go to find out more about you and the way that this uh, virtual events company of yours works. So two different places. One, if you want to learn more about me and who I am, stephenpemberton.com is a great place. Okay. The, and you can also find our company through there as well. The other place I would suggest if you just want to learn more about Holoco and what we do with that company is go to holoco.com. And yep. it's right there, everything that you will need. And on top of that, if you just if you say, hey, Stephen, I'm a social media kind of guy, where do I go? Facebook, Instagram are two of the easiest ways to find me. Look for Stephen Pemberton. Look for the guy who kind of looks like Jason Momoa or Aquaman. That's most likely <laughs> me. If it's not, please screenshot it and send it to me because I would love yep. to see this person that looks like Jason Momoa and has the same name as me. Yep. But yes, those are the easiest ways to find me. So, so um, yeah, so humble. Um, so, Stephen as well, just listeners, is S-T-E-V-E-N. Uh, so uh, make sure you spell that, and that's Pemberton. So, yeah, so we've got plenty of places we can go and reach out for you. So um, I've got a couple of questions left before the, uh, the podcast comes to a conclusion. The first one is the most important one. If you were going to share a tip or a lesson with the listeners, particularly about events, because I think this is so important in, in today's market to stand out. If you could share something with the listeners, what would it be that they can act upon and do something with today or tomorrow? So when it comes to events, the especially in the event space, to set yourself apart, this is going to sound as a piece of business advice that most people give, but you have to understand who do you want to speak to? Who is your ideal client? Because, and you may say, Stephen, but that makes sense for business. Why would I do that for an event? Let's look at it from a bigger scale. Is Let's say that you just, I want to work with creative people. And you don't know who they are. You don't know what their likes, dislikes are. You don't know what their age is. If you decide that you're going to run paid marketing to everyone, you're going to get no one. Yeah. And so from an event point of view, one thing I would suggest is in a real practical tip figure out who they are. And once you figure out who they are, go find them in Facebook groups, go find them in LinkedIn and just ask them a question. Hey, would you mind if I asked you a question? If, if someone was putting on an event that helped people like you overcome this problem, would you be interested in something like that? And if they respond to it and say, yeah, that's something exactly like I'm looking for, or my friends are looking for something just like this, then two things have just happened. You've established that one, that you sold, you kind of soft sold them, because you can yeah. then say, yeah, this this is a perfect event for you. And two is you have a really good understanding. These are the right people. So then when you start running ads, it'll go further faster. So that's a really practical way, a really practical look at where to start for a virtual event. Yeah. And it's interesting there as well, because I think 
listeners, understanding who your target clients and customers are is great, but understanding who your ideal target customers and clients is really important. People you're going to love working with as well. You know, we should all be going out yep. there looking to to find people that we can bring closer to us that we can work with who we're going to love working with. So make sure you you really make sure this is somebody you want to work with. So so thanks for sharing that. and that's that's a great tip and uh, yeah and a very general one as well that we can use in so many different aspects of our business and our marketing as well. Final question then Stephen before we head off if you were going to have your next, uh, I want to say pre-workout drink, uh, but but I'm I'm going to go for something a little bit more, perhaps uh, a bit of a tipple or something you do on special occasions. So what what would you drink on a special occasion? I would drink. Ooh, that's interesting because typically I'm a water drinker. Is yep. on a special occasion I would drink a limeade. And okay. typically those would be from a Brazilian restaurant, but yes, I would drink a limeade. Great. So you're drinking your limeade and you're in a Brazilian uh, restaurant. Who, dead or alive, would you have sat there drinking with you and having a conversation with you? If you could choose anybody out of history or the world, who would you have drinking that limeade with you? Ooh, that is... A great question. Mm. I there's so many different people that come to mind, and I know for for some people it would be very general. For me, I think that if I think about it, not only from a faith perspective, but also from a marketing perspective, I would probably say Jesus Christ. And here's why: whether you are a follower of Jesus or not, there's no refuting that he existed. And if you are a follower, then you understand that he only did his ministry for three years. I don't know about you, but if my if I can have a business that only runs for three years and it makes a 2000 year impact at the minimum, I would love to understand what did he do from a real practical perspective when he met with people, healed people, whatever it was that not only gave them something in the immediate short term but left a long lasting impact where they told their friends and their family that that is the greatest referral system ever created Yeah, where we're still really hearing about him. And so most people would just say that in a faith perspective, but if you look at it from a real practical worldly perspective, who else have we seen that's come along that's made a impact that has spanned centuries. And that's where I would love to just pick his brain. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I yeah, and and strangely enough, um, you'd be amazed how many times I've asked that question, and I thought the person was going to give that answer, and they gave me somebody different because I think they felt, oh no, I can't say that. But yeah, you know, one of the things I'm always inspired when when I read the Bible in particular is, and it, every time I read it, it it just makes me gobsmacked how Jesus went to people and said, you know lay down your your jobs your livelihoods leave your families and come and follow me i mean from a leadership point of view and from an inspiration point of view you know that is an incredible example of of how we can attract people to us and get people to follow us uh, and i also love mm -hmm. the whole servant based leadership as well you know and i think you know yep. we've mentioned that several times through this podcast episode if you can take so that you can give then you become more of a servant to those people around you. And um, it's very clear you're 
your you know good example of that servant leadership as well. So yes, good answer, and, uh, and I'm sure he would enjoy the limeade as well, uh, and you know, be asking you <laughs> questions about. So how how did this come about? Um, so yeah. that would be good. Be a good two way conversation. Um, you've been an absolute amazing guest, Stephen. Uh, you've given us so much to think about when it comes to potentially is an event something for us and listeners i strongly strongly suggest that you search for for stephen stephen pemberton holoco and reach out and have a look and see what events can do for you it's something that i think it can benefit not just those thought leaders it can benefit every single one of these and you're giving us some great tips and great insights into your business as well and different aspects of business so thank you for being an amazing guest thank you so much for having me uh, it was a, a amazing time. And at the end of the day, it's the amount of impact that we can make for other people. It's not even about us. Like you said earlier, one thing as you mentioned with my story, the helping those kids getting to the mountaintop and making a million dollars a year. It was not even for me. It was for us to go out and serve and help other people. So yes, yeah. thank you so much for having me yeah. once again. Being an absolute privilege. And listeners, I think you've grasped it now. What you need to do is two things. One, as always, leave us a review of this podcast. That'd be great. But two, go out there and do what we've talked about and have an impact. Make a difference to other people around you. And if you do that in the authentic way that Stephen talked very on early on in this podcast, then you will do us service of our time by having an impact on other people. And let us know what impact this podcast has had on you tell us what difference it's made and i'd love to know that you've reached out and uh, had a look at virtual events and done a few virtual events with hollow co as well as steve uh, Stephen. and uh, as always i'll catch you on the next podcast bye for now thank you for listening don't forget if you'd like any help and support with your business do get in touch with simon and to discover what your business needs you to fix next visit www.sterlingcoaching.fixthisnext.com. Please do subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. And Simon would love you to rate and review the show too. Thank you.